Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Chocolate Puma Podcast. It's how your boy, Chocolate Puma, back giving you my now, I'd say about 25 listeners, 25 listener nation. Hey, we're growing. I'm loving it. I'm having fun. I'm having people on every week, and it's been a blast. Uh, some of the most fun I've had in quite a while in this uh, hellscape we're calling 2020. Um, let's see. So before I get into this week's episode, I will speak a little bit on the uh, whew, the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. Um, wow. I mean, the levels to which white mediocrity can rise in this country is, boy, that is something else. Um, a lady who has never tried a case before the Supreme Court, has only been a judge for, what, two or three years. Um, most of her experience has been civil, not criminal. It's, uh, eesh. wow. Like, I'm just, like, shocked at this woman's resume and that they can look in our faces and say she's qualified to be a Supreme Court justice. This shit is nuts. Like, she's got a lifetime appointment, and this bird has no experience. She, she is the most mid-resume I've ever seen in my life. People I went to college with, and this is no shot at any of the people I went to college with who went into uh, law. Um, this is just more uh, relating into, um, you know, an age and peer thing. Um, like, people I went to college with have had more extensive, like, legal experience than this lady. They're more qualified to be on the Supreme Court than this woman. Like, I can name, I have four people, like, right now on the tip of my tongue who I think would be more qualified than her to be on the Supreme Court. It's insane. Um, so, you know, shout out to those third party voters, shout out to those non-voters, shout out to those Hillary and Trump are the same voters. You know, we're, we're really enjoying the fruits of your labor right now. So, you know, that's cool. Um, all right, but I'm going I'm to move on. I'm going to talk about the fun. I'm going to talk about the fun stuff. This week, we got second time guest, Sterling Hawkham. Sterling Hawkham Anderson, excuse me. Um, and we talk about, well, before we get into the meat of the show, which was Lovecraft Country recap, uh, we we had to riff on a couple of things. We talked about Zoom Dick. We talked about uh, songs that are timeless. We talked about people that we would have play us in a movie. We have fun. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I give to you again, Sterling Hawkham Anderson. Recording on Zoom, and unlike Jeffrey Tubin, my pants are on. <laughs> I love that you start. You just start that way but, because, yeah. I don't know how. How do you make that mistake? <laughs> oh. 
douche. Like I there uh like in reading about it and how it happened, I guess, and like everybody's there. Like and these are like big names. These are there are a lot of people on this call. And he has his penis out while looking at another screen. So clearly, first of all, he's like a terrible worker because he's clearly like, you know, messing around, not paying attention to what he's supposed to be doing. And in this case, instead of playing like Candy Crush on his phone, like a normal person does (laughs) during a Zoom meeting, he's clearly probably looking at porn and jerking off. Oh, he's playing Candy Crush, all right. <laughs> I just like, I, I don't know. I just, it's, it's. I have no idea. <laughs> like this is ridiculous. Well, so I, <laughs> I didn't even think that it was real. Like I thought, like when I saw like trending Zoom dick, I was like. I don't even want to click on what this is regarding. And then, you know, I basically got like an idea just based off the tweets. And I was like, that's that's not true. This is obviously something that's just being thrown out there. There's no way that a lawyer who has been on CNN and the New York Times would just whip his dick out, on a, dick out on a zoom call and then like he's like i didn't realize that my camera was on i didn't realize people could see me and i was like you're in a meeting like like, like this is a problem if you can't not do this in a meeting in a meet in like a scheduled like we are going to do mock whatever debate trials, whatever it was, Republican, whatever they were doing. It's like, you couldn't not masturbate during this time. <laughs> like this is what was happening. Like, and you- I'm like, okay, so say you're not that good with the Zoom. <laughs> Sterling, I can see you right now. <laughs> like, so... If your screen is up, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. (laughs) It's so straightforward. That's what kills me. I'm like, and you know, this is, this is October. It's October. This is not his first time using Zoom. Like, we've been doing this since March. This is not in any way, shape or form his first time using Zoom. So it's like, I didn't think people could see me, but I'm like, I think you clearly wanted people to see you. There's some, you know, you, everybody's got their kinks, fine, whatever. I'm not going to kink shame, but like, this is not an okay thing to do. This is, this is a bad, <laughs> this is a bad thing. Yeah, I'm not going to yuck your yum, but buddy. No. You got to get some but, consent going on here, buddy. Yeah, exactly. If, if I'm at a Zoom meeting and I'm expecting to hear like some PowerPoint presentations, I don't want to see your balls, man. I don't want to see your balls. I did not consent to seeing your balls. I was not a part of this discussion. Yeah. This is really bad. Idiot. I can't, I, I, and I feel like with everything that's going on, it like came and went so quickly. And I was like, can we please circle back to this? Like, I didn't get to talk about this enough because, you know, the 
world is falling apart. And so there's, there are ser more serious things, but I'm like, this is bad. We should discuss this. Yeah, I mean, 2020 has been so weird and long that we, we can't even focus on things that would normally be like a two week trending topic. Right. Like this, this is something we should still be making jokes about. And it was, it came and went in like 24 hours, it seems. Exactly. It was like, I learned about it and then something else had already happened. So then people were like, oh, did you hear about this? And I was like, what? No, I was focused on, you know, this other horrible atro atrocity that's occurring in the world. Like this. Yes. Like this. <laughs> like, like all of this. This whole burning existence <laughs> that we have going on. That we all are living in. Ugh. And then I saw a guy on like the New York, I think it was the New York Post. No, it was a lady from the New York Post, excuse me, wrote an article about how uh, <laughs> we're ba because people are uncomfortable with the topic of masturbation. That is why we are like basically roasting Jeffrey Tubin. And I'm like, no. No, 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 no. People, absolutely not. People are roasting him because he pulled his dick out in a work meeting. Like that's, that's it. This is pretty that's straightforward. It. I was like, nobody cares about masturbation. It's the fact that he's doing it in a work meeting on Zoom where it's being recorded. Everybody can see it. Yeah. Like this is what it is. Yeah. This is not freshman year like sex ed. We're like adult adults, okay? <laughs> we are grown ups. Okay, before I hit record on this, I was talking about renovating my basement, like adult adult, like adult adult. I'm look at paint swatches in my free time adult. Okay, right. I have I've had to learn what escrow is and I know what it is, right? Like I'm that type of an adult now. Like I understand the nuances of home ownership. Nobody gives a shit about masturbation, okay? Yeah. We got other stuff going on, all right? We have real adult problems, not masturbation. Nobody cares about that anymore. We are in our late 30s now. We are in our yeah. mid to late 30s now. I don't care about masturbation. Yeah, like I up, care lady. where to find a cheap plumber. <laughs> Lady, I have an overloaded circuit in my basement, okay? <laughs> Stop talking about masturbation and tell me where I can find an electrician, okay? Because <laughs> this is what I need. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh. Uh, I, I, that also, uh, we were talking about like the year being so long. I, I just had a thought of. Um, Crap, I, I got all caught on Jeffrey Tubin and then I forgot where I was going to take it. <laughs> if I remember, I'll come back to it. <laughs> You'll bring it back. You'll bring it back. Yeah. I trust you. Let's see, where were we here? Well, then I guess we've talked enough about Zoom dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Have we ever really talked enough about Zoom dicks, honestly? <laughs> I, I feel like any talk of Zoom dicks is probably, probably good enough. Probably enough. Or I don't have enough listeners to like, I can easily be canceled is what I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. I know I said like in earlier episodes, like nobody gets canceled, but when you only have like 25 listeners, 25 to 30 listeners a week, 
You can easily be canceled. <laughs> they're like, and we're done. We don't want yeah. this anymore. Yeah, like I've, I lost a very popular Twitter feed of mine and I only had like 450 followers because of some stupid Sean King followers. Like your boy has gotten canceled before. <laughs> by your 450 people. All because, all because I call Sean King Martin Luther Scheme. <laughs> It was such a solid joke. I agree. <laughs> it was such a solid joke. I don't it was know like if most it was... people would agree. <laughs> I don't know if it was that or when I called him Fraud Hampton. But basically, <laughs> I was like roasting him for about a solid hour. I got a couple of DMs <laughs> from people I didn't know talking about the work he's done. And I was like, Ugh, I better mute those tweets because this shit's about to get annoying. Right. And then the next morning I log in and it's like, ha, you've been suspended. Just kidding. You can't be on Twitter anymore. I was like, ah, okay. So the dude that called me a nigger because I didn't like the exactly. Washington Redskins is cool. I He's make cool. a joke about Sean King and your boy is off the platform. Good job, exactly. Jack. Exactly. You can be a Nazi. No problem. But like critique someone's like fundraising behaviors and schemes and all that and then you get canceled yeah, yeah. got it cool yeah I, I find that uh the brown among us uh on these platform we have to tread a little careful <laughs> yes we do yes we do we have to be very careful about what we say out here on these twitter streets yeah like uh i i don't mention like where i work or anything because whoo I have to bite my tongue at work quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> like there was a guy in our service lounge and he basically for some reason one of the service guys always puts the TV on Fox News. Um so I always go in there and change it because I'm like, we don't need to have this on in here. A service lounge needs to be the most boring place on earth. <laughs> and this guy's looking at me while he's going on a rant about what the blacks need to do. Note, okay. he was not one of the blacks. So... He wasn't one of them? No. Surprise. Yeah, so I was curious where he got all his information on the blacks, but yeah. he seemed very confident in it. And he looked <laughs> right at me. And it's a good thing I had a mask on because I was like doing that like, smile through your teeth like hard mm -hmm. grin and I'm like mm, I better walk away <laughs> so if they saw my twitter feed they would probably be like oh we gotta fire this guy He's... we have to fire <laughs> we have to fire Brian immediately oh he is pissed off <laughs> he, he might slap the next white guy he sees <laughs> <laughs> oh Okay, so I guess I will go on then and we can talk about what do you consider to be a timeless song as in? So the impetus for this question came from the um, My Mama Told Me podcast where he mentioned Tevin Campbell, uh, Can We Talk is a song that has no season. So, what is a song for you that has no season? You can listen to it at any time. 
So I would have to say probably X Factor by Lauren Hill. I think that's my that's my timeless song. I was recently, I actually ate at a place. This is the only time I've done this during COVID. It was an empty restaurant um, because I needed to meet with a coworker. And during our entire time there, they had the best playlist going. And X Factor came on and it took like all my strength not to bust out singing in front of this like very young <laughs> worker who's like, I'm like semi mentoring, right? <laughs> like I'm trying to be very professional and grown up. And all I want to do is like belt that out at the top of my lungs. Cause I don't, I don't know. I was like trying to think of this one and I was kind of looking through some songs and thinking of things, but I was like, I think X Factor is it like that came out were we in like middle school when that album came out? I want to say either eighth grade or freshman year of yeah. high school. So we were very young. <laughs> like this is well over 20 years ago. And I can still like put that onto any playlist. I, I will listen to it over and over and over again. I think it's just, it is like almost perfect to me personally so yeah that is my that is my timeless song is x factor by lauren hill that is a good one and i too struggled about what what's a good timeless song so i thought i kind of landed on bombs over baghdad mm. by outcast because i was listening to that just last week and I was like, this song sounds like it's still from the future and it's 20 years old. Yep, yep. Like, I, yes. I, I think that no matter what moment in history, I can be 85 years old and sitting around and telling my grandchildren about bombs over Baghdad and it will still sound like something that is from the distant future. And yep. Andre 3000 will still look like he's 30 years old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he hasn't aged today. Um, no, I can agree with that one for sure. That is a good one because, yeah, we played that song not too long ago. It like came up on something and we were dancing in the living room, like Langston's out there. He was like, what is this? We were like, bombs over back. Carl and I are just like in our own world because that's, that's, that's a good one. That's like, a good shut one. up, kid. I don't have time to explain. No, I don't have time to explain these world. Talk to me in right four now. minutes and 35 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Just shut up and listen. It's a masterpiece. Yeah, I, I cannot wait to give Julian a copy of Stankonia because mm. that album was just, to me, it was perfect. I mean, yeah. I could turn this into a whole Outcast podcast because growing up in Mississippi, we didn't have any rappers in Mississippi when I was there. <laughs> so we had to go to Atlanta. And who was the, the Atlanta rappers? It was Outkast. It was Outkast, yeah. <laughs> we didn't have any rappers while I was there. And now I think there's only this David Banner who turned out to become like a weird hotep dude. Yeah, who yeah it's weird. He tells, uh, like he's one of those like, 
women don't need to talk about twerking and sex. And I was like, didn't you have that song play, which is filthy? <laughs> didn't you have that dirty ass song about women and they're not supposed to do this? Got it. Got it. Oh, yeah, I was like, that song is like way worse than WAP. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, WAP. So I was like, shut up. Timeless. <laughs> WAP was also timeless. <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely be 85 being like, oh. <laughs> Love that damn song. <laughs> uh, look, that's a catchy ass song. You just oh gotta my God, be careful so... where you play it. That's all. One of my sisters said, she was like, it's like if Dr. Seuss made a dirty rap song. And I was like, that's the best explanation for it. I was like, it's totally true. Love and it. when I when I was uh, I was arguing with a guy at work about it, he's like, these women they don't know blah, 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 blah. I was like, dude, one, shut up. You're overlooking the big thing. Okay. Megan the Stallion, while being gorgeous, she can wrap her ass off. I that, know. I think that is so a wrapping ass woman. I don't care what it is. She she's good. She's great. She's so good. <laughs> she's so good. I'm like so happy. Like I love just when she uh, did the remix or when Beyonce did the remix for like the Savage, like I was just like, this, it's just, she's so good. <laughs> she's so and I'm just like, I really appreciate you. I just really appreciate you. I'm like, so glad you're here in this world right now. <laughs> At first I kind of had her in that like Lizzo category in that I don't really listen to you but I see how much women, especially black women love you. So I love mm -hmm. you. Like I mm -hmm. might not listen to you, but I want you to have success because mm -hmm. all the black women in my life love you. And then I heard mm -hmm. her and I was like, oh, she's a rap. This is a rapping yeah. ass rapper right here. <laughs> rapping ass rapper, rapping her ass off. <laughs> I like how we got onto WAP and then like singing praises to Megan Thee Stallion. <laughs> hey, Cardi B too. Good for her. Absolutely, absolutely. She don't do nothing but, you know, talk about having sex with her husband. I mean, but isn't that what we want? Yeah, she, do what you, do, hey, do, do you, do you, Cardi, do you, tiny little lady. <laughs> she always, I will say, because I know that we're going to talk about Lovecraft, and I have to, because we're talking about Cardi B, bring up, like, the Cardi B song that's played in one of like the biggest what the fuck moment scenes. And we will talk about that when we get there. Yes. But it was like such perfect like music selection for a very small scene that had a massive impact. And I was just like, I'm I am thrilled. Like this show is already won in my heart from that moment. Well, I always watch the show like after Carrie and Julie go to bed. So like you hear the opening beats and I know exactly which one you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, is that? I don't know. And then like three seconds later, I'm like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm in. I'm in. This is it. This is it. 100% in. Yeah, I always have to watch the show. <laughs> I had to watch it in the daytime because I get scared <laughs> at night. <laughs> Uh, I, I would like take a break from work while Langston was in class in the other room and I was like I can watch this now at 10 a.m. <laughs> but then you got the rest of the day to get it out your system because mm -hmm. it, it's heavy. <laughs> it's heavy. I can't be enraged right before bed. It doesn't work. Yeah. 
yeah, or terrified. To, I've started like watching an episode of like King of the Hill or something afterwards, yeah. just to like yeah. kind of bring it down. Like, de-escalate a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I've been going to bed at like 12, 15 and exhausted the next morning, but I didn't stay but, up having angry dreams. So exactly. I didn't burn the world to the ground out of anger and rage. Oh, let's see. What else were we going to talk about? Who's going to play you in a movie? Because somebody's going to make a movie about us one day. One day. Because, you know, I remember I have a really good name for a show and I cannot give myself credit. Um, Our college friend Jen Saylor came up with this. But if we did have a TV show, it would be called Life is Mild. And I was yeah. like, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, because our lives are like pretty regular. <laughs> I was like, it'd be kind of entertaining. Um, so this was also hard for me um, because I feel like if you ask people, who do I look like in Hollywood? I get the generic, like, light skinned, curly haired, black woman. Like, and it's not, they don't look like me. They just all have curly hair. Like, that's literally it, right? So I decided, I was like, I'm going to pick who I want to play me. I would like Maya Rudolph. <laughs> like she's, I want her. I know she's older than me and you usually go for the younger people to play you. But I was like, I love her. I was like, she just seems awesome. She's super funny. I love her so much. Um, yeah, Maya Rudolph, that's who I'm picking to play me in the movie. I feel like if we are going accuracy... Uh, then probably Dulé Hill would be a choice for me. Um, However, if I was in charge of casting, Mm -hmm. I would pick Donald Glover. (laughs) Nice, nice. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yep, that's a good one. But I do like Dulé Hill too. I too. I I would be thrilled with either of those choices playing you. Look, I'm going to set the bar at the Oscar winner and then they can like compromise. Like, <laughs> Let's see if we can get Dulé Hill. And I'll be like, yes, played right into my plans. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going for. Played them bitches like, like chess. <laughs> Perfect. That's a good I was, one. <laughs> I was talking about this with a coworker and he was like, oh, I don't know who I'd pick. And I was like, I'd pick Lou Gossett Jr. for me just to see how he'd react. <laughs> And then, like, the rest of the day, he was just, like, trying to figure out who Lou Gossett Jr. was. And then I was, like, mad. So I'm like, they don't teach y'all shit around here. Nothing. Nothing. (laughs) They don't know anything. How do you not know who Lou Gossett Jr. is? I don't know. Like, he's just always been there. And he's always been an old Black man. Forever. Like, he and Morgan Freeman, like they I was just, just about came to say, out. Him and Morgan Freeman have been sixty-five plus year old black men their entire lives. Their entire lives. Like I was like, I don't know them young, like at all. Like I can't, I can't even picture. I think I saw like a picture of Morgan Freeman from like the electric company or whatever when he was in his twenties, and he still looked like he was probably in his forties. Yeah, I was just about to say he was old man. He was just an old man in a younger version. Like, yeah. I don't know. It was just like very awkward. I was like, he still looks old. Was it makeup? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And I've never seen a picture of Lou Gossett Jr. young. No, because he's been the same age forever. But clearly he was created in a lab by the black Illuminati. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just an old black man. 
Yeah. That's why we can't find any younger pictures of them. Oh, makes sense. <laughs> the Illuminati. Yeah. Everything comes back to the Illuminati. Always. It's all their fault. <laughs> okay, so you ready to dive into the into the world that has been Lovecraft country? I am. I am. What a good show. Oh. What a great show. Oh, just, and the director, uh, it just it's just great to one see a black woman get a shot like at directing like a big time like HBO production, mm-hmm. and then for her to like knock it out the park like she did was just chef's kiss. It just, yeah, it was perfect. I mean, I because I didn't really know what to expect um, at all watching the trailer for it or whatever. And I was just like, well, Jonathan Majors, who plays Tick, I had seen him just like a couple months ago in The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And that was my first time seeing him. And I was like, he was so good in that. He was so good in that movie. And I was like, some looking him up and I was like, who is this guy? Like, why have I never seen him in anything? And so I look him up and it's like, oh, his upcoming project is like this Lovecraft country show. And I was like, what is this? I was like, this is a show? This is HBO? What is this? And I was like, Jimmy Smollett, like what? <laughs> I was like, why have I not heard of this? So I just, I was like, this, the whole thing, just the whole thing, the acting was just superb. Like all of the main people, I was like, you're all just really good actors. Like, this is nuts. I just loved it. I like, but it definitely but, definitely scared me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like the chick who played uh, Ruby, fantastic. Yes. I was like, why isn't oh. she in everything? Like, I she want her in everything. 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 <laughs> like, she's so good, and she's British. Like, that's what like blows my mind. Where I was like, if I hadn't looked that up and then seen her in a clip of something with her accent, with her British accent, I was like, I would never have guessed that. Never in a million years. You know what I found that out? just now when you said it. I had zero, <laughs> I didn't even think to look it up. I just assumed that she was American. That's how yeah, good she nope. was. No, nope. she like, is never even crossed my mind to be like, you know, she could be a Brit. Nope, nope. She's so damn good on that show. So good. Everybody was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and of course, I mean, we all know my feelings on Journey Smollett. We'll get into that later though. I mean. <laughs> Okay, so who's your favorite character this season? Um, so my favorite character, I mean, it's, I think it's gotta be Letty. Like, I think, I think so, because I, her, her bravery, her, she's real smart. People don't give her enough credit. I think she kind of came in as, they, they thought she was one thing and she definitely proved them proved to be something different and she was just incredibly brave like throughout the whole series I think she just showed a level of like bravery that the other characters didn't have necessarily or you're just you expect like a lot of the male characters to have that and the women to not and she's like right there the whole time she's handling business she's not afraid to get in people's faces she you know run it scariest scariest moment in that whole show is in the first episode where she's running through the woods and those monsters are jumping through the trees because that's one of my biggest fears 
and she's like just sprinting through because she's like I can do it I ran track and I was like who are you so just from like start to finish I think that she just did such a good job like she was just the character that I was like I have a lot of respect for you because you're you're brave and even though like things are scaring you and and you have your stuff like I don't know I just thought she she was just a different type of character in my opinion you don't really get to see that much from women and you don't get to see that much from black women on shows so she was probably my favorite what about you like well just to piggyback on what you just said like I think it was episode three when she buys the uh, halfway house Mm -hmm. and like one just to be a black woman to go and buy a house during the middle of segregation on the north side of Chicago Mm -hmm. and then like not back down from many but like when she grabbed that bat and like walked out that house I was like oh this is the most badass thing I've ever seen it was amazing (laughs) Like she has zero fear. So yeah, yeah. no, I I see why you would choose her. Now, as for me though, I kind of jumped back and forth on like who my favorite character was. Like a lot of the time it was Atticus. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think as I rewatched the last couple of episodes, it might actually be Montrose, just because okay. he's, he's so complex. Mm-hmm. Like, you think he's like a piece of crap, but then like as the season goes along, you see like, okay, there's a reason that he's the way he is. Yeah. While he may, he may be doing things in, I don't know, uh, an ass-backwards kind of way, he's doing it out of love to... Tr- in his mind, he's protecting his family. Yeah, absolutely. Like the episode where they go back to the uh, to Tulsa, oh. and he, oh my god! And I'm just like, I was just crying. Like, and he's talking about you know the boy that he was in love with, and he's watching it happen again, and you know seeing his dad the way his dad like knew he was gay, and you know trying to beat it out of him, and all of that, and how the Hicks mom was like the only one that would ever stand up for him and and George yeah it was just like you know you see that trauma like the trauma that he's experienced throughout his life over you know just compounded over and over again and being a gay man in the 50s like like, what the hell it's just is impossible and so his drinking and all his behaviors the way they do set it up where he starts out and you're like get it together man and then it's just like more and more get revealed and you're like mm-hmm. son of a bitch like you you have it hard because you're black in the south during all this and you're, now you're you're black and you're gay yeah <laughs> in the 50s like i'm sorry like it's just like this just sucks everything is terrible for you yeah. and i'm sorry yeah, when he's uh, basically telling Tick, like, you know, he chose having a life over being his true self because of, like, the pastor that got caught with the mm. other man they sent him and he got a lobotomy and all that. Like, that was, Michael K. Williams, that man can act his ass off. Like, that is... Boy, can he. Oh, he's so good. 
Like if Megan the Stallion is a rapping ass rapper, that's an acting ass actor right there. <laughs> like that that dude, it don't matter the role. He murders he it. it. He absolutely he kills murders it. it. Every time. Every time. I've never seen him do a bad role. Like even that um that show, I think it's on Netflix, Happen Leonard. Yeah, I didn't see that. I've watched like three or four episodes of it. It didn't really catch me, but it wasn't because mm-hmm. of Michael K. Williams. Like, no, it was just no, like unbelievable situations they were putting people in. I was like, okay, I, I can't really. Right. Get along. But no, he was acting his ass off in that. So. Because he's great. He's great. Okay, so let's see. Now, who's your most annoying character? Yeah, this is tough. I think. I mean, I think I'm going to have to go with like Christina. Um, although I don't even know if I would say she's annoying, but she is kind of annoying. And like, please stop. <laughs> I just want to be like, please let these people live their lives. Like, I understand that you are all chasing the same shit, but like, you're also like a rich white lady. Like, get out of my face. And you have magical powers. Like, I'm tired of you fucking everything up. <laughs> you are doing the most right now. And the I need most. you to stop. I need you to pull back. So I definitely think she was probably the most annoying character. I think because I just loved all the other characters so much. And I don't and she was like a she was a good character too. Yeah. But I think because I loved all of them, she definitely qualifies as the most annoying to me. Now see I kind of I see your point, and I think you may have won me over a little bit because my most annoying had been Ruby simply because she Mm. believes so much in Christina. Yeah, I can see that because I loved Ruby, but she did. She drove me nuts. Yeah, like Like, through a lot of it. 90% of the time I was team Ruby, but Mm -hmm. when Christina came into the picture, I'm like, oh, you can't trust this white woman. Don't trust this white woman. <laughs> don't, don't trust this white woman. What are you doing? <laughs> Did your mama tell you anything? <laughs> she told you she wants to drain your friend's blood. Why are you right. trusting her? <laughs> Why are you trusting her? Like she's she is telling you her sto- her plot, her evil plan, and you are still like, no, no, I trust her. She inhabited a body of a dude. To have sex with you. Right? Like, what are you doing, Ruby? What are you doing? Making terrible decisions. Oh. Yeah, so that was probably the most annoying thing about Ruby to me. But yeah, Christina, I could totally see, like, because, I mean, she's got that God complex. Like, it was... It was some next level, like, okay, sweetie, this is... Yeah, I'm done. Like, yeah. I was like, please stop. Yeah. Yeah. When she met, she met her in, I was quite happy. Like. Me too. That, that did it for me. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Now, what was your biggest what the fuck moment? Whew. Okay. So there's two for me. The first one is when um, we're in Korea and I think her name was like Gia. Gia, yeah. Had, yeah. Um, when she was having sex with a guy for the first time, and that <laughs> tail came out, 
And so I was like watching it and I was like, is that a tail? <laughs> like, what's happening? Because it's, you know, when the episode like started, I was like, oh, how is this connected? This is like real weird and I don't really understand it. And even like at the end of the episode when they, you know, when she sees that, you know, Tick is going to die in some way, I was like, I still don't understand how like this is connected. But when that tale came out and then she shot that man (laughs) into the air with all those tails through all her orifices into his orifices, I was like, what the fuck is going on? I, my, I was just like horrified, but like couldn't look away. Um, The second and this is, I think, everybody's biggest what the fuck. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not for you. Is Ruby with the shoe oh. in the basement with oh, the white shoe. Yeah. Oh. When, oh my God. Because I was like, okay. Like, I was like, I'm into this because I like that she's, you know, she's this white lady. She's going to have this power. And when her skin started shedding and she slammed that heel into his ass, and I was, I literally was just screaming, what the fuck, <laughs> over and over again, like, oh my God, <laughs> and that's when the Cardi B song plays, like, she's walking, and it's like, she has all the blood on her shoes, and it's just a line, like, these are red bottoms, these are bloody shoes, and I was yeah. like, I was like, bravo, bravo, <laughs> that. That well scene. played, music director. Well yeah. played. Because holy shit, that, my God, I've never, I just, still, still, I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, that was nuts. And I loved it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, see, I also had two what the fuck moments. Like, like you, the entire Korea episode, that mm-hmm. was just like a big, just, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> like, I have no I'm, idea. I'm drawn in, I'm loving it, but I'm also confused as hell right now <laughs> as to what the hell is happening. Like, <laughs> so I did like the, the slow burn. Like, they didn't just like kind of rush into like, mm-hmm. oh, she's a nurse who helped Tick and fell in love with him. Like, they really slow burned that episode. They did. Which, it was great. I, I think made it better, like when she comes back at the end, mm-hmm. like because mm-hmm. you 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 there's a whole relationship there that yep. you don't have to imagine. Yes, exactly. We got it all. Like I think they're. I cried really hard at their conversation that the two of them had. Outside, like in front of like the station or whatever wherever he was and. And she's like, you know, because we've both done terrible Just things. Just because that we've make... done monstrous things doesn't make us monsters. That's a yes. good line. It was such a good line. And I was just like, <laughs> like I started sobbing. And I was just like, you have these two people who are very broken in different ways. Yeah. Very different ways. Um, and I just thought it was like such a beautiful, their love story was really beautiful. Yeah. And, and wonderful. And tragic at the same time tragic indeed yeah I, I did love though that like at the end when you know tick is gone and she's having her meltdown her mom who had been just like cold and distant yep. like she became a mom again like she yep. 
she comforted her daughter, which mm -hmm. I thought was it was a good scene. It was, it was a, a real movie. good scene. Um, but the other what the fuck moment was why was Ruby like when she became uh, the white lady? She was such a bitch to that young black girl. Like I know. I was like, you know how hard it is. Why are you being a bitch to her? I agree. That like frustrated me to no end. Like, I, that I really made me angry. <laughs> me too. And I was like, I'm not sure if you're just trying to exert like this dominance, this fake dominance, honestly, that you have over this person, or you're jealous because you applied so many times and didn't get it but this other girl does and I'm like either way like she you didn't do support. anything she didn't do shit to you you need yeah. to support her and it's like oh we're gonna she's inviting us all to like a bar on the south side and all that shit and I was like what is what is happening here like Ruby like be better yeah be you're better, better than this. you're better than this I was like I get like there is some jealousy and I feel like jealousy was a big part of Ruby's like narrative jealous mm -hmm. of you know letty just jealous of like the relationships that other people have jealous of like not being white and uh, you know that's fair <laughs> during that time you know duh. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah but yeah that that interaction frustrated me a lot because i was like you gotta do better than this come on yeah i'm like <laughs> you are being a real bitch right now like you're being a real the bitch. hell out Mm -hmm. that's a good moment that's a good what the fuck moment yeah for sure yeah it definitely made me angry um now let's see what i was kind of um trepidatious going into this um just curious how they were going to use racism to like introduce this world of magic mm -hmm. and i mean I thought that they completely nailed it. Like, well, as much as you can nail uh, a world of magic with, you know, crazy giant werewolf rabbit deals in the woods <laughs> <laughs> and shape shifting people into from black women into white women and right. white women into white men. Like they did a really right. good job of like just melding this world and also yeah. making it's crazy that in a world of monsters, the scariest people were just the regular racist white people. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like the, the most stressful parts are like them dealing with the like horrors of racism. Yes. And I was like, this is where the, 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 you know, it's the whole like the real monsters are, are the, you know, the white people in this, <laughs> in this world that they're living in. And yeah because like when they were in the first episode when they were driving through the sundown town and had to get to the county line and that speed and only had you know a couple of seconds and i was just sitting here like what the hell like and then it's like oh and here are these giant monsters right <laughs> like and i was like i don't even i can't even process that yet like i'm still i'm still dying from like the last like two minutes of the show where it, but I was that, like, I was like, oh, thank God, it's just some giant monsters. Yeah, <laughs> like, woo, ghosts, Ooh. I can deal with ghosts. Oh, I thought <laughs> it was going to be the clan there for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I th I don't know, I, I think they did a good job. I know that the, like, a reviewer for the New York Times, Maya Phillips, 
um, who she's reviewed a lot of different stuff, but she didn't like it. And it was, um, she's like a black woman. She considers herself like a big nerd and science fiction stuff, but she hated like how they used racism um, to like push the story further and to connect it to like all of these things. And I was like, oh, that stinks. Cause I like loved it. And like, you know, everybody has their own opinions and yeah. you don't have to love everything just cause it's black and you're black, but like also I loved it. I just thought like, I thought it worked really well for, for whatever reason. I think being able to see, I don't know. I think you just, you see the, like who are monsters, what is fear, all of that and how they kind of play into each other. And then like using this magic, using all this stuff to just try to make it better, <laughs> right? Like make it better for people because it's so bad, like yeah. that you're willing to fight off giant weird monsters with a million eyeballs and, you know, travel through time go in some indiana jones like adventure to just not deal with racists right. anymore <laughs> like that's that's huge well it's insane like you i don't think that you can tell a story based in that time and like ignore racism mm -hmm. Like exactly. because then it then it becomes a real fantasy story because like right. <laughs> that was just straight up life. This was just it. Like this yeah. was just what it was um, all the time. And but then I and I do appreciate too that you still see like that black joy, right? Yeah. You still see their love and their happiness and their excitement and whatever, even though we're constantly faced with you know horrors yeah. of reality and magic and i'm kind of um like i was i didn't know how they would do it when i when they first showed uh emmett till mm -hmm. and then they bring it back to his funeral mm -hmm. and you know diana's struggling with it like first off you know uncle george has been killed her mom is missing, mm -hmm. her best friend's killed in a horrible way. And she like loses it at those little kids who are just like laughing. Like yep. weren't even, you know, near her. Um, yep. Like I, you gotta show all of that, I think to like, I don't know. Um, I don't even know how to word it. Like basically impress, like you gotta show us like the stress that these characters are living under like because it, yeah. it shows like why they make the decisions that they make exactly exactly yeah i thought the emmett till thing was great um and that they did you know that they showed how everybody went to the funeral and and that was a big moment and because it took place in chicago on the south side during that time it's like how would you not include that in the story yeah. and the fact that they did connect it to the little girl they did connect it to diana like being friends with him and you see that trauma that she's experienced and that con and continues to experience and how it's just impacted her life. I just, I agree. I think that how they did all of these little things like um, 
with her mom when her mom was like yeah I named that star that comet or whatever she was like oh but they didn't want it named after some little black girl and she like yells it out in that planetarium Mm -hmm. and I was like it's such a small moment but I was like but this is huge like this is such a huge thing to remember that like Hippolyta was just a brilliant woman like she was a genius and yet what did she do she never got credit she you know nobody knew who she was yeah um and that just shows like that piece of it as well that these these you had all these different individuals with different like intelligence levels looks sizes things like that and it's like no matter how good they were they were never going to be successful so they you literally bring in magic yeah (laughs) make your life better yeah (laughs) because yeah white people are the worst during yeah. this time. Yeah, and, and uh, we didn't talk about it, I feel like, enough, but, like, Hippolyta was, like, the MVP of, like, you know, possibly the whole show. Absolutely. Because they couldn't Absolutely. have done it without her. Nope. Absolutely I mean, not. she went off and she figured all this out, like, she figured out time travel. <laughs> time travel. And she was... You know, and I say this in quotes, you know, just the housewife. Like, right. she wasn't the, you know, considered the smart one in the house. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Uncle George. And then you got Diana, who was like drawing her comics and stuff. So she's seen mm-hmm. as like the, uh, the next exceptional one. Like, she was just a mom and a housewife. Like, that's yep. kind of and the impression you get. Yeah, and she's a genius. She's yeah. like a literal genius who figured out time travel <laughs> and opened the space-time continuum for these fools to like get the book. Like, I it's just she she was one of my she was also like probably my second favorite character. Yeah, um, for sure. So I'm intrigued to see like if they do a second season, mm-hmm. just because I would like to see more from her. Yeah. Also, I mean, I have not mentioned uh, Diana and the two creepy ass girls Ooh. that were ho ho chasing her. Uh, that's horrifying. That was terrifying. That was so scary. I was like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> don't like it. Don't want to see it. This is scaring yeah. me. Yeah, that was one where even I almost called Carl's like, Carl, I, I can't go to sleep because I saw these scary girls. <laughs> Can you talk to me about basketball for a little bit? <laughs> I thought I could watch it and I got scared. <laughs> I got scared, right? Well, because Allie and Rob had to, and Liz and I were all on like a text thread and they were like, oh, we watched it, it's like scary, we jumped, and I was like, well, I'm not gonna watch it now, like it was the middle, like it was the nighttime, and I was like, so I'll watch it in the daytime tomorrow, because I have to get it out of my brain, and I'm mm-hmm. glad I did, because they were terrifying, that. Yeah. yeah, I started that episode at 11.30, and that was a mistake on my That's part. <laughs> horrible mistake, horrible mistake. That was a user error. <laughs> Let's see. What do I have on here next? Oh, of course. I have Journey Smollett. Am I right? That's all I have written down. (laughs) 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 Oh, she's just, she's so beautiful. 
beautiful. It's just like another one of those like shut up. We'll add it to the hashtag can get it list for sure. Oh yeah. Um but I think too it's like funny because she's been acting for so long. And like she's not that much younger than us. I think she's like 32. Like she's not it's not this huge age yeah. gap. Um but I remember when I first saw her and she was on a show with all her brothers and sisters and like it was kind of like party of five before party of five where the oldest like their parents died and their oldest brother had to take care of them um and she was on that and then it was like roll bounce is I remember seeing her in that and I was like oh look at her look at the little girl she's like growing up granted she again just a few years younger than me but like seeing her in this and like so pretty and I feel like everybody is, is witnessing it now. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I felt like, well, I remember seeing her in the Harley Quinn movie. Mm. And that's when I was like, oh, hey girl. Wait a minute. Can I say hey girl to her? Is she is she even old enough to say hey yeah. girl to? Like, let me let me check my IMDb right quick. I had to hit pause real quick, do a quick Wikipedia search. Wikipedia and then I was like, age. oh, she was born in 86. Okay, I'm good. All right. Right. <laughs> Moving on. Hey girl. <laughs> hey girl. How you doing? Yeah. But yeah, then she just turned out to like dominate like the whole season. I mean, like she didn't have a weak episode at all. Nope. Like nope that episode like in the basement of that house where the like trap soul and she's like just screaming and just Ooh. like i was like oh oh that's some emoden right there baby Ooh. yeah that scared the hell out of me all them ghosts yeah Fuck that. i was like oh oh so she's she's uh she's setting things right i i dig it but i'm right. uncomfortable <laughs> well and her her acting just yeah you're right like she didn't she did such a good job there was the scene, and it might have been the first or second episode, and I don't remember, but where she like dies and then is brought back to life. Mm -hmm. And she's like crying in the bathroom. And it's like, we've seen that before. We've seen where people are like, oh my God, I was dead, or, or like something happened and now I'm freaking out and I can't handle it. But for some reason, I felt like her, the way that she did it is just like that panic crying. And you're yeah. just like sitting there and you're like, I have to try to figure out what I'm going to do next while I am also trying to comprehend what just happened to me. Right. And like where she's sitting there, she's holding like a washcloth up to her face and face and she's rocking back and forth and she's just crying. And I was like, she's really nailing it. Like all of her facial expressions, her emotions, the way the way she'd be real quiet or embarrassed at times, like she just really did a bang up job. Of the show. <laughs> like, she just really killed it. But it's like that first episode where they're in the restaurant and she's the first one to figure out, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. like, we are in trouble. And she, we are, no, she does not stop for a second. She runs up like Usain Bolt 40 out of there. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> We gotta get the hell up out of here, <laughs> just out the door. Oh my god! I wish I had made a gif of that scene, <laughs> and I still might go back and do it just because that that needs to be had. That that's yeah. gotta be had. Absolutely. 
Now, let's see. What was your favorite, like, storyline that wasn't, like, the main storyline? Yeah. So I definitely think um, the Korea storyline was wonderful because of how it did end up connecting. And they all do, obviously, mm -hmm. connect to the main storyline at the end. Um, but I think because I just was like, I have no idea what to expect. I was like, what are, what, why are we focused on this woman <laughs> like for so long? And then it was just like, oh my gosh, like, you're right. That slow burn, that building of the relationship, getting to like appreciate who this person was, where she wasn't just this like added character at the end, which they could have easily made that, if yeah. that makes sense. Or they could have even given it to somebody else to have some connecting power or what have you, but they like left that space open for that like, really beautifully tragic love story um and then the other one was Hippolyta's story of like her traveling mm -hmm. and naming herself and um and when she you know when she's sitting there and she's talking to Josephine Baker and was like you know I did so much to be like accepted by them and you know it didn't matter and um I just thought I was like, it was another one where I was like, I don't know how any of this is going to connect to what's going on. Cause I was like, she's in a freaking spaceship. Like, and like kudos, I also have to mention, like, I was really happy to see her like completely naked in the sense that like, she wasn't, she didn't have like Journey Smollett's body type, right? She just has like a regular body. <laughs> I was like, oh, look it, it's my body on TV, completely naked. And it made, it made me like really happy where you see, and she's beautiful, like, no joke, um, beautiful woman. My sister was like, I need to get myself a blue wig. And I was like, for sure. I definitely want to try to pull that off. But I was just like, I was very happy that they didn't shy away from her being naked in that scene or they weren't trying to get somebody that had this like, per quote unquote, perfect body. Right. Um, she just has like a body like most people have. And I was like, I think it's good for us to see ourselves naked from time to time and being like, damn, I look good. Like, I forgot. Yeah, I, was like, so, oh, I was like, oh, hey, hey, how you doing, girl? <laughs> oh, hey, girl. Um, that storyline, too. I just, yeah. I, I loved it. I love those two so, so much. And they were like back to back, I think. And it made mm -hmm. me, it just made me really happy to see like, and then to see again how it all connects at the very end um where i was like you know gia was there and i was like why did they bring her with like yeah. it was like she's just like yep i'm a part of the family now Woo and then it was like oh my god this is perfect she can use her weird tail demon yeah. thing this is great like oh hippolyta like knows how to like get get this information knows how to like get everybody where they need to like it just worked out they yeah. just because i think throughout this season when we are watching these storylines at times I was like I don't really know how it's gonna connect <laughs> like I don't really understand some of this and then it all just like beautifully wrapped up I thought like just yeah. ah perfectly yeah I agree um fun fact uh Hippolyta she was sister girl and undercover brother so no way yeah yeah so she's been around yeah so Forever. you got so there's a little bit of trivia for you. Uh, my favorite sub storyline would probably be Montrose uh, basically facing his demons 
in Tulsa. Mm -hmm. Like that scene where you can tell he's kind of like debating, like, cause you know, he knows he can't do anything to change the future. Like, does he go and save his true love and risk losing Atticus? Or does he stay there and basically just like relive it again? And like, mm -hmm. he's narrating to Atticus, like the pain and the trauma mm -hmm. and like all of this stuff. And I'm like, oh God, this is a hell of a scene. It is a hell I mean, of that whole episode was just, oh. It was tough. Like, I just, yeah, yeah. That was a good scene. That was really, just like, I gotta say, if these fools aren't nominated for some acting Emmys, I'm going to be pissed because honest to God, like they all, every single one of them did so damn well on this show. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, you, they just, all of them just uh, taking it up where I was like watching it, not thinking about these actors, which is always like a good sign when I can watch a movie and there's people in it that I've seen before in other things. Um, and I'm not thinking about them. Like I'm thinking about the characters, not the actor. And I feel like in this one where it was just like, I don't even know. I'll, I don't I don't know if I'll be able to see them in any other way yeah. <laughs> because of how well they did. Like, I'll be like, oh my God, it's Ruby. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Atticus is in the new Marvel Atticus. movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just, I really do hope there's a second season or... I don't know. I just want, I, I still want to see these characters in, I just want to see what, what, what happens with these characters. I feel like there's, there's enough meat on the bone to have a second season. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got Diana controlling like the mm -hmm. werewolf rabbit dealy, whatever it was you got is Ruby still alive? Because mm -hmm. when G.I. connected to her, Ruby was laying in that bed, like, you yep. know, um, what was, uh, what was the girl's lover's name? William? Was mm -hmm. it William? Yeah. Is that his name, William? But where? The really pale white guy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's that, there's um, Montrose, and his now relationship with his grandkid and Letty. Um, yeah, I mean, it's enough there to, and a Hippolyta, like what does she do now with all the knowledge that she has? Right. There's so much. And Gia now has her 100th soul apparently. So yep. does she go back to just being uh, a nurse? Does she stay in America? <laughs> like what? What does she do? <laughs> what happened? Exactly. Yeah. And so my sister had two theories or had a theory. <clears throat> and I was like, I agree with this is that the last, the monster at the end that was walking with Diana was actually George. Because remember, he got killed in Artem. And when the people were dying there, they turned into those, like mm -hmm. from the first episode where he like turns into like the weird thing. Yeah. And we, but then we also saw like the cow give birth to one. So like, so creation of these monsters were like, these could like happen out of anything clearly. Yeah. And if you notice like that monster is like much darker than the other ones. 
Oh. Uh huh. He was like I... a much darker color, and yet, like, why wasn't he attacking them? So he's the same monster that came up when he killed all the police out mm -hmm. front of the house. Yeah. It was that one. It's so they. My sister was like, I think it's George. I think that monster is oh. George, and he's like walking with Diana and protecting her because it's his daughter. I dig that. Oh, oh, I, I kind of hope that's. I know. I kind of like, hope that's, that's a... what it is. Also, just because I want Courtney B. Vance to like be in everything. I love that yeah. guy. <laughs> he's great. Because he's also a great actor. Yeah. <laughs> Again, uh, yeah. you can't have Bassett and be on Lovecraft Country. Yeah. Like, first off, well, it kind of makes me angry, though, because I'm like, you can't be, like, good enough to get Angela Bassett and be good enough to get a Golden Globe. Pick one. Exactly. You can't do Pick both. Pick one, you punk ass. Selfish. You can't be all kinds of greedy. Selfish jackass. <laughs> Ugh. Another beautiful couple making me sick. Ugh, I hate them in their happiness. <laughs> <laughs> I hate them all their beautiful happiness. Ugh. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm hoping for a second season. Um, and I think it would be one of those shows where I'd be okay if it ended after the first season, if that makes sense. Like I feel yeah. like it was a good it was good, but I would like to see it last a couple more seasons. Yeah, this is one I definitely want a second. Like Watchmen, I thought that that's fine with just one season, I think, mm -hmm. with how that ended. But mm -hmm. this one, I, I, I think I need a second season. Mm -hmm. And given that they gave Watchmen so so many props, like come, come award season, it's given me hope that like, you know, what, um, you know, the fine folks at Lovecraft will, will get the respect that they deserve. I agree. I hope so. Don't just give the awards to the fine folks that better call Saul or whatever the hell's <laughs> winning awards <laughs> these days. <laughs> uh, well, I guess we, I think we hit on pretty much anything you wanted to add about the season. Any characters we might have missed? No, I mean, I think we covered a lot of it. I, I'm just, I'm so glad that like a show like this got made. We don't yeah. get to see black folks in any type of genre like this, just magical sci-fi, yeah. horror, any of it being the leads. And then, so it was just like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. this is awesome. Maybe next season they'll like fly around on dragons or some shit. Cause I would be like, this is all we're missing. We just need some like. Yeah, some mythical you give beast. me my black Game of Thrones. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm all, <laughs> I'm all in. Like that's what I'm waiting for. Like maybe that will be it. They just time travel back to there, and I'm like, that's what's up. That's fucking. That's do what it. I want to see. I'm yeah. here for it. Here I will for say, it. Uh, I will say that I'm glad like shows like this and Watchmen like are existing because they're doing more to like bring attention to the Tulsa massacre than schools are. Yeah, absolutely. Most people had no idea that existed. I didn't learn until I was much older. So like, yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think I was Until 20 years old. I was in Roop Sims class at North Park when I like, I was like, wait, what? This is a, mm -hmm. this is a, this is what Black Wall Street was? Right. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I think I was like in my mid 20s when I heard about it. And I was like, what? No, what? No, like bullshit. 
and not even that I didn't believe it, but I was just more of like, why? How did I not hear people, about this? White people are the worst. <laughs> Like, they don't want to tell us nothing. I was like, I heard, about, <laughs> I heard about George Washington cutting down that punk-ass cherry tree every and year from kindergarten, <laughs> from kindergarten to graduation, but a fucking massacre happens. A massacre. A whole a thriving community massacre. wiped out, and nobody says yeah. shit. <laughs> nobody says a thing. Oh, yeah. No. Absolutely not. Yeah. So, yeah. So. <laughs> I am glad that they're you're just starting these conversations, bringing them up, teaching everybody, mm-hmm. just everybody, black folks, white folks, everyone, just learning about this stuff because I don't know. So I hope they continue to do that yeah. for sure. Well, I feel like with Misha Green directing and Jordan Peele like producing, uh, on the low, Jordan Peele, man, uh, who would he is a he's a blacky black dude. Like he is coming yeah. out of the gates with like just some straight up fire like yeah i mean and get out just making like liberal white people like the monsters yep exactly oh. no i'm i'm here for it i'm excited like things are good i don't know it's, it's it's like this stuff is good and i hope they continue to do it and i mean i think we will i think we've like opened this door and no matter what happens kind of like politically in our country, I think people will feel more empowered to do these types of pieces and these types of movies and TV shows and stuff for sure. Well, there's a market for it now, it's shown. Like it's mm-hmm. it's not like that old, you know, will people go and see it? Like, you know, people will go and see it now. Like there's, yep. Yep. there's proof. Like, so yep. hire black people, hire black women, make the movies. There you go. Make the movies. <laughs> Give them dollar bills. I think that's as good a spot as any man don't. Hire black women, make black shit. There we go. I love it. <laughs> I want it on a t-shirt. Yes. I'll send it to you. <laughs> Perfect. Well, all right, man. Thanks for having me again. Was Thank fun? you. Thank you for coming on. If another show comes on, we will do this again. <laughs> yes. All right. I will talk to you later. All right. You have a good night. You too. Bye. Thank you.